Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it, shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place for the show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs and current ESPN announcer Joe Valerio and I break down the Chiefs' win against the New York Jets and preview Sunday's game against the Vikings. Joe, I teased this on the intro. Tell listeners about that uh, ESPN announcer gig over the weekend. Oh, yeah, Jeff. It was great. Um, I was asked to join the for the home pen football games this year, uh, be the color analyst for ESPN Plus, which is uh, – which is great. It's a super uh, honor, and and it was a privilege to do it. I'm excited about it. We have four, including the Dartmouth game last week. Uh, we have four home games that I'll be covering, and uh, the other home game, Penn has five home games. The other home game is on ESPNU. They have a different crew for that. So, what a great treat! And it was so good to be in the booth and offer up color commentary, you know, to our play-by-play play guy uh, Joe Torty, who is fantastic. What a pro! so well prepared and knows the team so well. He's been doing it for quite a while and it was great to be paired with him with a great sideline reporter. And it was just, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. They do a nice job with the production value of it, you know, for a lot of co- it's mostly college kids, you know, that are doing a lot of right. the production stuff and it's all local uh, to the Philadelphia area and or Penn students that, that get involved and they do a great job with replay. We had stats. I mean, it was really fun. It felt, it felt really good to do it and be back in the booth. I mean, ESPN Plus, that's that's big time. When's the next time – when's the next uh, uh, home game, Joe, that you're so, doing? Yeah, so Penn uh, hosts Georgetown this Saturday, October 7th at 1 p.m., and uh, they're hosting uh, – hosting Georgetown's coming up from D.C. Special story there, The one of the defensive coaches was uh, – uh, I still want to call him a kid, but he was, he was a, a young man that I uh, coached when I was in uh, high school when I was coaching high school football and he was the captain of the team in 2007, went to the state championship. He was uh, played, uh, was a captain at Ursinus. He was three time all league, three, three year starter, just a fantastic kid. He's been going through the coaching circuit. So he's going to be there, which will be great. And um, you know, the, the, the Dartmouth Penn game was a lot of fun because uh, my daughter went to Dartmouth. So, you know, I, I know so much about both programs, oh, cool. which, which, which was a lot of fun, and that and that made it great. And there was also some very touching moments. You know, Buddy Tevens passed That's away this right. year. Right. Coach Dartmouth, pioneer of the game. Recently, uh, Jerry Burnt passed away, who was a was a foundational coach at Penn, helped build the program in the '80s back to the success that they are today. So, yeah, there was a lot a lot going on. Um, gentlemen who who actually. Um, you know, Jeff, I got this gig tragically, actually, um, my, uh, the, the, the gentleman I'm filling in in huge shoes to fill. He was a fantastic guy. His name was coffee Jones. He played in the arena league. Mm-hmm. Uh, coffee was the color commentator. He passed away suddenly this year. So, mm-hmm. so we did a tribute to him during the game and, you know, it's one of those bittersweet things, right. That I, I get an opportunity to do this, you know, and, uh, but coffee had passed away and, uh, what a, what a wonderful, warm human being, was a great analyst and, uh, you know, big shoes to fill figuratively and, 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 uh, literally, and, and I'm honored to have sat in the, in the booth for him. Well, yeah, such a cool gig. So check it out, uh, fans, uh, definitely against the Georgetown Penn game this weekend, 1 PM Eastern, Joe, is that 1, 1 PM, PM Eastern. Eastern. 
Cool. Well, you know, between having Vahe on last week and starting with this, we are Believe in Chiefs. We haven't switched to Believe in Quakers, so shifting gears <laughs> to the Chiefs. Uh, Joe, the game against the Jets, to me that just shows how the margin for error for the Chiefs with Mahomes and Reed, like it just so what you know, it you just have to teams have to play their A game really to just to get them. I mean, the margin for error is so large. The Chiefs can they can have two interceptions, they can have a safety and still win. Um, and Joe, speaking of the safety, I feel every week we're talking about Juwan Taylor, but that face mask penalty in the end zone, uh, which resulted in the safety, I thought that totally changed the momentum of the game. I thought the 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 um and the Chiefs were going to roll. They were up 17 nothing, and that gave that gave the Jets a little bit of a spark. Uh, yeah, Jim. What's your weekly or weekly? Maybe we're believing Jawan Taylor. What's what's, what's <laughs> oh my God, on, Jeff. Uh, on his play in that safety there? We might need to change the name. I, I still believe. I still B L E A V in Jawan Taylor. I still believe. Um, look, he's struggling right now. You know, I mean, I, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? I mean, and that's coming from one fool to another fool, right? The fraternal order of offensive linemen. Um, you know, I, I I feel for him right now. He's struggling. He's he's he can't seem to get into a rhythm. The media pressure probably isn't helping. Right. You know, it's just uh, it's just like one of those things. If in these four games, what what could go wrong for Jawan Taylor is going wrong. Now, on the positive side, on the bright side, he corrected the offside stuff, <laughs> right, and and the illegal formation stuff. So we're it's kind of like we're uh, you know. We're plugging the different holes here that are happening uh, for Juwan, and and he got that out of his system. And I think we said that, right? I think on the last pod we said that, you know, we felt like Andy and Andy, right? Andy squared, Andy Heck, Andy Reid. We're going to overcompensate, have him bump his 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 sort of uh, alignment up a little bit, and 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 just kind of solve that problem. And he did. Uh, you hope that it didn't create some of these issues with him getting short cornered and having to hold on the face mask and, you know, and for the safety and things like that. So I just hope one problem solving one problem isn't leading to another problem and creating more issues. So I think it's just going to take time. I know people are ready to, you know, call it quits with Juwan. I'm not, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer. He's an athlete. He's going to figure it out. Patrick's a good enough quarterback to, to make things happen. And I think, uh, you know, I think he's going to be just fine. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. You know, um, and, and on the telecast, they did a good job showing how it looked like he really didn't twist the guy's face mask. You know, it looked like maybe it wasn't a safety from the face mask rule that, like, he was not yet in the end zone. But when Andy Reid was asked about it, he's like, he he said more. He's like, you know what? He was holding him, too, and which would be a safety. So, I mean – it was maybe a questionable call, but the fact that Andy Reid says that, um, Joe, do you do you have a take on that that safety? Whether you know you agree that was the right, the right call, whether the face mask, the whole thing. I mean, do I do I want to, you know, do I want to do I want to not for it not to have been? I mean, at that point, Jeff, it really it really doesn't matter, right? You shouldn't, mm-hmm. you can't get yourself in those situations. Right. Right, it's a bang bang play down on the goal line. It's happened. It, you know, you can slow that stuff down to you know, to to frames that are so slow motion. But like in real time, I'm going to give the official. Actually, believe it or not, I'm defending an official. Right, defending the zebras here. 
but I'm going to give the official like the benefit of the doubt that he's, you know, cause they're watching, you know, they're watching, they're watching the play. They're watching the upper part of the body. Like it's hard for them to see where people's feet are. I mean, obviously, you know, if you ever wanted to go back and review it, maybe if that were like a reviewable type play, they could go back and say, well, his feet were here. And, but you know, that's not something they're going to review. It's not like a catch or anything that you're going to go back and review. So it's bang, bang. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you get called for a holding that close to the goal line and you and you continue to hold him while he's in the end zone and you have your hands on his face mask while he's in the end zone. I mean, yeah, they're going to call that. I, I have no beef with it being called a safety. I mean, you know, they're trying to protect the quarterbacks and and do all that stuff and 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 create that kind of, um, you know, they, you know, that's the kind of penalty you want to call so that the next time somebody's down there, they're not just going to tackle somebody. Um, you know, to, if they have a free shot of the quarterback. So they're going to try to protect the quarterback with it. So, um, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. It was bang, bang. And, you know, it was call of safety. It was fine. Well, football is back. And Beth Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, before we move on to the Vikings game, any any other uh, remaining thoughts here on on Chiefs uh, Jets? Yeah, you think? Do you think Bet Online had a had a uh, any kind of a uh, any kind of odds on whether Justin Watson would be beating Travis Kelsey in receiving yards after four games? I mean, that's God love him, man. Justin's getting it done now. Now he only had five yards in the Jets game. That shows you how good he played oh. in the first three games, right? That he's still the Chiefs' leading receiver after only having that one reception in, in the Jets game. So, you know, Justin's really proving himself to be, you know, pretty steady Eddie back there uh, for the Chiefs. And, you know, and, and Patrick, he spread it around. Um, you know, it was just one of those games, right? I mean, just things, just the ball was bouncing in, in funny ways. I mean, I, I do, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk, if we didn't talk a little bit about Isaiah Pacheco, Jeff. I mean, the guy, come on, he, he was a he was the difference in the game. Like, you know, he was like, Really, just that, that was that was him. He was the the stud. He 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 gets the game ball, no question about that. Yeah, 158 yards uh, in the air and on the ground. You know, he he had a nice few receptions, nice long averages. You know, that big run he had um, with Trey Smith out in front of him. I know everybody was talking about that when my Trey Smith is, who he's a man among boys. Um, that was incredible block on that play. And, uh, yeah, I think Isaiah is, is the real deal. And I think uh, he pretty much put everybody's – anything any doubt behind that he is not the go-to back now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Because uh, that's a good defense. I mean, that, yeah, very we talked about defense. that, Jeff. That's a really, really good defense. So, I, a I'm, good, I'm, I'm excited It's a good it. defense with a big physical front. You know, guys like Quinn and Williams in there. Uh, so, yeah, really impressive. And I feel when the Chiefs need, like – I mean, he's he's good for a lot of reasons, but when they need a jolt, like this reminded me of the second half of the Super Bowl, the, the trailing uh, by 10 points. They needed something, and 
they went right to Pacheco and he had a big gain. And he's he's kind of the guy when things are, are going south, when they're a little sluggish, that's who they hit now. And Joe, you, you mentioned Justin Watson. I have a stat for you. So Patrick Mahomes is is third in the NFL in rushing among quarterbacks, which is crazy. Like he's an athletic good dude, but the fact that he has more than guys like Sean Watson and Jalen Hurst and guys like that um, is really crazy. And he has Patrick Mahomes has more rushing yards than every wide receiver on the Chiefs team has receiving yards, except for Justin Watson. Now I'm I'm excluding the other guy, Travis Kelsey, does have more receiving yards. Mahomes has rushing yards, but you know, tight end. But I mean, that tells you like Justin Watson is really tells you something about Mahomes and uh, also about uh, Justin Watson and the rest of receivers. Yes, stats can definitely tell a story, and and I think you know what Patrick is doing right now is he's he's basically finding a way to win, right? And that's what you want out of a, a star quarterback like that when things aren't going well for him. You know, he doesn't lose his confidence, he doesn't get shaken. He keeps, he keeps the team up. He keeps everybody motivated. You always feel like he can win a game. Because um, guess who's not? Joe Burrow right now, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, not to, I'm not trying to be critical or create any, uh, you know, any more animosity between Bengals fans and Chiefs fans. It's already out there. Um, but, you know, he's he's not getting it done. And, and whether he's banged up or nicked or whatever, I mean, Patrick's had his share of, you know, nicks this season. So, I, I got to say, he's playing at a super high level, you know, in the things that he needs to play well in. Yeah, did he struggle with his arm a little bit? Yeah, I mean, sure, we can be critical of that. But they found a way to win. Uh, they came out of New York with the W. A lot of distractions, right? Got all the Taylor Swift stuff. Got everything that's going on. In, in, in It's New York. You're in the East Coast. The Jets have had a lot of controversy. Uh, you know, they're, it's a tough place to go in and play. You know, you're you're flying east. Um, you know, because you're you're losing an hour of sleep, but like all those little factors that go into what it takes to play in a game like that. You're playing at night, your, your body clocks off a little bit, and it, and the Chiefs found a way to get it done. So, you know, look, this team is only going to get better. You know, as you get Juwan, you know, really playing to where he needs to be. Um, you know, you we get back uh, Amenahu. Right, going to have yeah, him back that's soon. That's going to change. That's going to change things a lot. Not not take anything away from Mike Dan is having a good year. Get Nick Bolton back. Get this defense cranking at the right time when we need him. So, I'm I'm, I'm nobody should be pushing the panic button at this point. We've got a a decent part of the schedule coming up, and um, you know the Vikings are the Vikings. So we should probably talk a little bit about them since it's their next game, and you know haven't really seen what we thought we'd see out of uh, a team that went to the uh, NFC championship or the uh, NFC divisional game last year. I thought they were a little bit right. They, they definitely struggling this year, one and three versus last year when they had such a strong year. I thought last year they were a little bit of a uh, paper lion, paper tiger. Joe, I'm too sleep deprived. What's the correct uh, <laughs> yeah, a little paper, little paper tiger, paper tiger. You're just saying that because of, You'd think the prison tigers are paper tigers, but anyhow, like uh, I, I thought last year they were a little bit like smoke and mirrors, you know, that they um, that they, they they won all these close games. Um, they weren't as good as their record is, and now they're. I don't think they're as bad right now as their record is, but I I still don't, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be a, a match for the Chiefs. And, and Joe, before we get to this current matchup, um, the the Vikings now this Vikings team is 
is an offensive team, but they used to be known for the defensive line. They had the Purple People Eaters who faced the Chiefs in Super Bowl Four. They had John Randall, Keith Millard, Henry Thomas during your era, and then the Williams Wall in the 2000s. But talk about your experience of going against some of those great defenders uh, that I mentioned. Oh, man, we had some run-ins with the Vikings, Jeff. I'll tell you, we used to go every year at training camp. We would go to Mankato, and we would practice against the Vikings. And, you know, Coach Schottenheimer loved that kind of stuff, right? He loved going on the road, getting us, like, used to traveling, being a little tired, and, you know, having to play at a high level against new competition, right? We've talked about this term before, right? No brother-in-law going on when you're going against the Vikings. You can't tell Keith Millard or Chris Dolman, or John Randall, that your shoulders hurt, so take it easy on me the way that I could do with Dan Salamua, or Joe Phillips, or Derek Thomas, right? And it just, it's it was an all, it, some, some practices were just basically all out brawls. They were slugfests, and John Tieran, like their defensive line coach, loved to get under, under players' skin on the other side of the ball. He loved the trash talk right along with the players. And Chris Dolman and John Randall were two of the best trash talkers in the world. But, you know, both of them backed it up. And they had they had motors that you, they just, it was nonstop. Like, they would tire you out just with their talking, let alone <laughs> the physicality. Like, they were just – you would just be mentally exhausted from all the jibber-jabber that was going on during practice. And, you know, after a while, you know, it, it, it just it, – they we had all-out brawls. I mean, coaches – I remember at one point the coaches were getting into it. Um, what happened on one time I was, so we were doing field goal and, uh, extra point, And we only had on these things called shells, which were basically, they looked a little like lacrosse pads. Right. Um, they were these thin foam shoulder pads that we would wear on, um, shorts and helmet days just to protect your shoulders from nicks from a helmet, you know, or a face mask. And, you know, coach Schottenheimer was like, all right, we're going to go no contact, uh, extra point field goal. So I go, I'm snapping the ball, and uh, I think it was uh, at that point it was Brian Barker and maybe Nick were our were the battery, and and I'm you know we're working the extra points and I'm snapping and for whatever reason Coach Chernick told uh, this guy David Dixon who was like this 360 pound offensive guard he was the one on the nose uh, on the snapper as the nose guard that would plow in because back then you know they, you were allowed to hit the center. Mm-hmm. Like there was no protecting the center like there is today. Like in college, you can't even line up over the center. Mm-hmm. But then you could just compl- like I would just get completely waylaid on extra points and punts. Mm-hmm. So I so I all I heard was, OK, guys, no contact, extra point. Just go through your first step. Well, not for Coach Tiernick and David Dixon. I snapped the ball and David Dixon literally picked me up. And he hit me so hard, I flew in the air, and I blocked the kick, Nick Lowry's extra point attempt, with my butt. So all-out brawl. Like, everybody's everybody's grabbing each other. And, you know, of course, you're like numbskulls. We're hitting each other with our in the, with helmets on, and we're, we're all swinging at each other, which is crazy. But it was an all, we had an all-out brawl uh, during the special teams period, and we weren't even in pads. It was crazy. We used to have such a you – know, one. One time, Jeff, we were at training camp and Keith Millard, you know, probably shouldn't, you know, six stories, you know, maybe these are for a book or something. But, you know, we were um, Keith Millard had driven his uh, car into the drive through of a uh, McDonald's Uh and he left it there because he was going to be late. He got into an accident and his car hit the 
hit the uh, the curb and, and popped up and went like hit the drive through of the McDonald's, the local drive through. Wow, so when you into a drive through, you really mean into like, a drive through? Literally drive through. Yeah. And he literally left his car there and ran because he couldn't wait for a tow truck because he would have been <laughs> late for curfew. So he ran back to the dorms where they were staying in Mankato and he, Mankato, Minnesota, and he, he, at their training facility and he ran back and, and so he wasn't going to be late for curfew. So yeah, there was, it was one story after another with those guys. And I'll never forget Chris Dolman playing on Sunday night football. He beat me for two sacks in a series. And, and I was, I was a rookie, right? So what, what did I know? And, you know, I was just happy to be out there and, Howard Mudd was coach Mudd was just like, look, if you're not letting up sacks, it means you're not playing, just get over it. Right. But what happened on the first sack is Chris Dolman, you know, beats me for the sack and he gets around and he's like, Hey Joe, he goes, uh, you went to Penn, right? Penn Quakers. Cause he's from York, Pennsylvania. So he's, and he went he to knew, Penn. Okay. He's, he knew, yeah. he's from the area. He goes, he goes, uh, because I, I bet after, after all your friends back at Penn saw that sack, they're probably saying you went to Penn state. So I was so angry and he got me out of my game and I was so wound up on the next play that I let him, I let another sack go because I tried to like, I tried to just kill him and he beats me for a sack. He like, Oh, lays me, you know, like a bullfighter. And he goes around and he's, and, and he sacks uh, Steve DeBerg. And, and I'm, I'm just like, Oh man, like what just happened. Right. And he's like, he goes, well, Joe, he goes, your parents have cable. So, you know, because the game was on ESPN. It was a Sunday night ESPN game. And it's just like, oh, I was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was so beside myself. But that's that's who they were. That's the team they were. They were great guys. You know, God rest his soul. Chris passed away way too, way too young. Hall of um, Famer. Hall of great player. Great yeah. Player. You get to know them both, uh, John Randall and Keith Millard, of course, and John Randall. And they're just, they're, they were incredible human beings. It was all just, it was all the hype. It was all the game. Definitely a, a, a great rivalry, but a lot of fun with those guys, but man, could they trash talk. And where did I mean, Chris Dolman knew exactly what he was doing. He did his research. Where did Chris Dolman go to high school? He went to William Penn high in York, Pennsylvania. Went to William and, Penn. and then, and then to Pitt. So he, he knew his pencil. He knew how to get a, under, uh, under the skin, under the skin of a, a fellow Pennsylvanian. We're going to take a, a brief break here, and then we'll move on to the current Vikings. Uh, Joe, you know, for me, the thing that stands out for this, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a walk in the park. I, I don't think it's going to be like Chiefs-Bears because uh, I think the Vikings have some weapons. I'd be shocked if it's super close, very shocked if the, the Vikings win it. But, like, the guy we have to talk about is Justin Jefferson. Like, I think he – He's the guy, and it might be fun that sometimes he lines up in the slot. That's where Trent McDuffie plays a lot. He plays a kind of a slot corner, and he's been terrific this year. He has two mm-hmm. four fumbles, one of the leaders in tackles. He's grading out on all the uh, football analytics sites. He's grading out as one of the best, if not the best, cornerbacks. So that if there's a matchup to watch, that's what I'm looking at. Justin Jefferson, uh, how he does, and if we get to see Trent McDuffie against him. How about you, Joe? Yeah, that's a boy, Jeff. I really agree with you. That's that's a great one. I'll have to agree. I mean, yeah, Justin Jefferson's got uh, half the yards that the entire uh, Chiefs receiving core has at this point. Wow. Right? He's got 543 yards to the Chiefs' entire 
receiving yards are 1037. So he's got more than he's got more than half of of the Chiefs receiving yards and he's got almost to almost two to three times what, you know, Justin Watson and Travis Kelsey each have individually. So, yeah, he's having he's having a great first four games. And, you know, Kirk Cousins is 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 fantastic. Um look, I mean, he's had a good year. He t- he's taking a lot of heat. They're saying now oh, they might not resign him, but like their problems are not really Kirk Cousins related. He's he's playing some good football. Yeah, they're they're just they're just making a lot of mistakes. They're not putting players in the right position uh, to be successful the way that you know somebody like an Andy Reid does with you know sometimes with injuries or limited talent. He's just you know Andy just knows how to get how to get the best out of people. Um, I'm what I'm excited about is 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 of course of course I'm excited to see what goes on with this offensive line again. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't help myself you know when I think about. You know what? What is it gonna? What's it gonna be like for you know for Jawan and and I think you know Donovan's been pretty quiet other than that crazy non-holding call that everybody you know was going wild about mm-hmm. on the internet, which to me was not a holding call. Um, listen, when you get your hands inside, I, th- I think a lot of linemen who like to tweet, you know, kind of were defending Donovan on that play on that long Patrick Mahomes run, the conversion. Um, you know, he had his hands inside and once you lock on inside, Jeff, that's you're it's fair game, right? Like it's, if you, as long as your hands are inside, nobody's ever going to get called for holding on that. So, you know, I think people should really relax about that, about that non-call. Cause I mean, I, and I'm not even being a, a chief's homer. I'm just speaking completely right. objectively and I'm not being an offensive line homer either. I'm just, I know that that is, that is not something they're going to call. He did not, we used to call it, you know, lobster arm or crab arm, like where you get your hands outside on somebody's shoulder pads when your hands are inside if it's fair game especially if you can get something as as tight as the jerseys are today um that you know if you can get some cloth then you know they're they're not going to call that um for grabbing so yeah but i'm just i i you know i just want to see what happens up front i i you know this offensive line we we you know we talked a lot about it we're coming into the fifth game now if donovan and, and juan you know don't start getting it together as tackles with this interior three that we think could be, you know, if not the best, but the three of the best interior guys in the entire NFL, then, you know, we, we got to start thinking about what's going to be, what's going to be the chief's next move or, you know, or is there one, right? I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much, you know, Prince is on, on IR, you know, we got a lot of untested guys, you know, Wanya Morris, Lucas Nyang still hasn't really, pulled it together yet to, to see where he he's going to end up, where his career is going to go. So we're all in on these two tackles and plus the, the purse strings too. I think we dumped a lot of money into these two guys. Mm-hmm. So that's really not going to be something that's going to make people happy. If you know you bench Juwan Taylor, who's, you know, scheduled to make, you know, $80 million over a four year deal, I believe. Right. So um, it's um, it's, it's, we got to go with it. And, and I'm just anxious to see how that plays out. And this is this is probably maybe a good game for them to get right. You know, the the Vikings really their struggles. They have a couple struggles. One, they're the running game offensively, but their offense is is really scary. We mentioned Jefferson. You know, they also have KJ Osborne is a really good receiver. The rookie Jordan Addison was at USC catching passes from Caleb Williams last year is really good. And then they have TJ Hawkinson, one of the better tight ends in the game. So a lot of passing targets. It's really good. The the running game, which seems to have gotten uh, on track a little bit as their offensive line has gotten healthier, but their defense is 20th in the league. And as their pass defense, 
this 21st in the league. Um, so, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for those tackles to, you know, the, the, the pass rush hasn't been great for the Vikings. Maybe this is, you know, when they can get a little uh, more, more comfortable, get uh, maybe not have any of those uh, sloppy errors. Uh, Joe, any, any other, how, what's your score prediction and, and any other kind of takes uh, for this, um, for this matchup on Sunday? Yeah. I mean, just to, just to backtrack a little bit, you know, I've got my little notepad here. I've been keeping all <laughs> of my scores. Cause I, you know, I tend to like have a short memory about uh, some of my scores. Uh, but, you know, I, I was, I had, I had the jets and chiefs at, at, at 24 to three. Mm-hmm. And I thought for, again, this was the same exact thing that happened with the Jags. Right. And, and it was the same thing that happened with the lions. I was like, there was, I was so close at, to certain, to certain things. And then all of a sudden it just takes like one play, like, when I, when when the Chiefs were up seventeen nothing, I'm thinking I might actually get this one on the nose. Like when it was seventeen nothing, I'm thinking, all right, the Jets get a field goal, right? Because they were really struggling at the beginning, right? And I'm thinking, all right, yeah, the Jets probably will get a field goal, and the Chiefs all they got to do is score one more. I'm like twenty four three. I'm actually going to nail this one to the mm-hmm. point. Like I thought, I thought I had it, and then you know, of course, then there's the safety and the field goal, and it's like, oh, it's seventeen five, and it's like, wow. You know, now what? And then, and then they started rolling. So, anyway, I got it wrong there. But I'm going to keep plowing along. Um, I'm going to keep plowing along, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep, you know, thinking about the, the. I'm going to keep thinking about the, the Vikings. I'm going to keep thinking about, about the Chiefs and where they are. And, and I'm thinking, I'm going to take your advice on the offense, and I'm going <laughs> to say the Chiefs are going to score 28 in this game, and the Vikings are going to score 13. 28-13. But it's not going to be like 28-13 where, you know, the Chiefs score late. Like, it's going to be – the Chiefs are going to own this game. I really do feel that. I'm not just, again, using that term again, being a homer. But I, I I think – and I'm writing that down so that I keep it. I'm going to say 28-13. to 13. I it's think that's official now. He's that's writing a- it down. I'm For those people can't see the video, Joe is I, writing it down yeah. in magic marker so that, like, yes. this is official. It's not pencil. can't be erased. Uh, Joe, I have a similar prediction. I'm going to go 30-17 Chiefs. I think they cover the bet online spread is five. I think they cover that. And again, and again like I, I think it will be like, you know, I, I don't think they're going to blow them out. They're on the road. The Vikings yeah. have weapons, but I, you know, I, I don't think this is, I don't think it's going to be a close game. And, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about the, the score and how it fluctuated. It looked like last week the Chiefs were going to blow out the Jets so early and then it, you know, it, who, who who could have seen the ebbs and flows? The Chiefs sometimes, if they have a week, sometimes they get cooking real early. Uh, some years it's really been that second quarter, but a lot of times, what, whether it's the first quarter or the second quarter, they get like cooking. And then as this uh, Don Drysdale book I'm editing, it described sign about Walter Johnson that he would – Walter Johnson the, the um, from long, long ago that – that one of the greatest pitchers ever, that he would be cruising, and then he'd kind of start playing with his food. You know, he'd get kind of more. The Chiefs kind of do that a little bit. That's, like, I think the Chiefs are actually sometimes tougher. You know, if if you're the Bears and you're just getting waxed, they're so non-competitive they can't come back. But sometimes when the Chiefs get out to a lead, they're actually a little bit more vulnerable. They start kind of, you know, they're, they're so tough. They're almost tougher when they come from behind than when they're up. No, I totally agree with you, Jeff. That's very insightful. That's great insight. And and I think, um, you know, 
the, the thing with the Chiefs is, you know, we always talk about this, right? They, for so often, so more often than not, they seem to be a second and third quarter team, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're right, jumping out to that lead, seventeen to nothing. Because I watched the Eagles game, you know, before that, right? So it was a nice, you know, football weekend for me. I got, you know, three very very good games. I mean, I got, you know, the the Dartmouth Penn game that I got a chance to do the color for was uh, went to overtime, and oh, wow. uh, the, the Quaker scored with uh, basically almost no time left. And then, you know, then I got to watch that Eagles game, which, wow, what a game that was. If anybody tuned in or watched any of the highlights, I mean, but when I was watching that first quarter of the Chiefs, I turned to my wife, Jen, and, and we were both, and we both said it at the same time. We're like, this Chief team just looks so much better than the Eagles right now. The Chiefs just look so much better. They looked amazing that, that when they got out to that 17 nothing. It was almost like we, it's almost like we jinxed them because, yeah. because we're, after that, you know, after, you know, things started going wrong and the safety and then next thing you know, it's like we're, the Chiefs are fighting for their life. And I'm like, wow, like maybe they're maybe it maybe it's all the same for every team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. That it's just it's it's a struggle to get through. And September's over. That's it. <laughs> we're putting that behind us. It's like the Marty Schottenheimer 12 o'clock rule, right? 12 o'clock the next day when the game you don't the game's over. You forget about it. Good, bad and different. 12 o'clock rule. So now it's, we're going to call it the October rule. That Joe, that actually, I thought about that too. I was, when they were just cooking, getting out to that 17, nothing league, I'm like, all right, you know, what happened September is a new preseason and they got the rust out and now they're cooking. And of course they then were scuffling from that out. But yeah, that occurred to me, that occurred to me as well. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by bat online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Go Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.